is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. into a Tuesday edition, Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton coming to you here, and man, what a crazy, crazy Tuesday it has been. Because the TWSAA gives you zero warning <laughs> when they do something like drop the – classifications for the next classification period you're like whoa wait what happened right so um they will have the board of control meeting where they will set regions slash districts and i don't know if that's later this month or if it's next month but that'll be the next thing but yeah they don't really there's not a whole lot of fanfare i mean they announced enrollments last week right and so now they they dropped classifications based on those enrollments earlier today and and now i guess um there will be a period of time during which schools can opt to move up if it looks like you know they may benefit from travel or different groupings or that kind of thing can't move down can't move can't move (laughs) cannot move down sorry Hey, y'all care if we just play in no. 3A? No. How's that work out? Nope. Can't do that. Oh, man. Well, yeah. it's So, yeah, TWSAA has, has dropped some some information in our laps for us to uh, mull over, which is going to be interesting. And, and there will be extensive mulling by any number of people. There's <laughs> no question there. There'll be plenty of it. But uh, yeah, so yeah, crazy, crazy Tuesday already. And and unfortunately, I've not really had the time to put pen to paper and kind of figure out how it affects, you know, some of our area no. as of yet, because it just dropped this morning and right. I had other things going on. But it is something that we probably need to get into a bit more before you know, the next board of control meeting probably. So, Oh, there's no question that we will, we will have plenty of time to dive in, but uh, I I would have expected some other people to have dove in (laughs) already to this point. I'm sure there's plenty of it. We've got a great show for you. As you saw on the title card there, we've got Landon Seacrest coming up. He's going to join us and talk a little bit of Memphis Grizzlies and the NBA as they open their season tonight. Boston, uh, I don't know who Boston plays, but I know the uh, Lakers take on the Warriors. So the Lakers take on the Warriors. That's all. I, the Boston yes. plays, but I can't remember who they play because I don't really care uh, who Boston plays, even though Grant Williams for the win, the VFL. VFL. The Boston Celtics host the 76ers ah, tonight. There you go. But not and the not – the, the 46ers from Spain or whatever. Or wherever they were from, yeah. <laughs> Belarus yeah. or whatever. So are there only two games tonight? There are only two games okay. tonight. It's Boston and L.A., man. There you go. <laughs> I mean, and the Lakers are actually on the road at Golden State. They are. State They're at now. Golden State. So, yeah. that, that just goes to show where where the powers lie in the West, huh? 
Theoretically. Yeah. Actually, I think the power in the West lies about three hours west of here, but I don't think it's yeah, I, I, what do I know? Hey, <laughs> technically they are west of here. <laughs> if, exactly. if if the uh, if the if Nashville is the the, the dissenter, it's west. <laughs> then it's west. Yep. <laughs> oh man, we had a great show again. Uh, we will talk to Chip Walters, but we will probably just be letting him turn his camera around and let us see the beach while he's there, and we'll just pretend like we're on the beach for twenty minutes. In that live vicariously, we'll just live vicariously through Chip. That's that's the easiest way to do it. But yeah, so again, it's going to be fun. We've got top five, top five walk-offs because it's a pretty good one this past Saturday with the walk-off field goal from Chase McGrath, who was named the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week despite missing an extra point. <laughs> when Think you he kick, made up for When it. you kick the game winner, it works Think out. Think you made up for um, it. You know, it's funny because the, you know, you remember 2001 when Tennessee missed the extra point against Florida Comes back, kicks the game winning field goal. Was that was that James Will Hoyt? Will Hoyt, yep. I think he would just as soon you not remind him of that. I'm just saying you can make up for it. <laughs> if you miss an extra point, that's okay. As well, depending as, on when you miss it. As long as you make the game winning field goal when you get the opportunity. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. When nobody remembers the missed extra point. <laughs> but they do. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, so we'll get to top five walk-offs. And got a pretty good top story today. Looking forward to talking to, talking about it here briefly in just a moment. But before we do any of that, let's go ahead and get you uh, yesterday and some of today's scores <laughs> and the rest of today's schedule as we get to you on the rundown. This is the Rundown. In girls' soccer action on Monday from the Region 6 AAA Tournament, Independence defeated Centennial 3-2 in overtime. And Nolensville defeated Ravenwood 1-0 in overtime. So, really, really balanced Region 6 AAA semifinals there yesterday. And NFL action last night. The Chargers of Los Angeles defeated the Broncos of Denver 19-16, also in overtime. It's one of those nights, I guess. Um, volleyball action earlier today in the state tournament over in Murfreesboro. It was Battleground Academy opening with a 3-0 win over Middle Tennessee Christian. Eagle Bowl defeated Chattanooga School of Arts and Sciences 3-0. It was Hillsborough edging Lebanon 3-2. to Good pass here with a 3-0 win over Boy Buchanan. East Hamilton down Murfreesboro Central 3-2, and Summertown, the Lady Eagles, with a 3-0 win over Gibson County. Serving, I was going to say, oh, I couldn't think of opening serve, uh, coming up shortly at 2.30, Lexington and Creekwood, Sell Creek and Loretto, Brentwood and West Ridge, and then at 3.30, it's Baylor and Innsworth. And girls soccer action at 6 o'clock. First touch, Galton at Cane Ridge. Liberty Creek at Valor Collegiate. Cheatham County hosting Huntland. And Cullioka at home against East Hickman at 7 p.m. Fairview goes to Page. And Overton is at Station Camp. Other games, times we do not know. Clarksville is at Clarksville Northwest. Concord Christian is at Franklin Grace. Nashville Christian goes to Harding Academy. Merle Hyde hosts Watertown. 
Mount Juliet hosts Siegel. Henry County travels to Rossview. Independence Academy is at Smith County. St. George's takes on visiting Franklin Road Academy. Wilson Central goes to Stewart's Creek. Murfreesboro Central is at Sycamore. And White House hosts Hume Fogg. Major League Baseball action. <laughs> if the Yankees and Guardians ever play game five, I mean, they've only been postponed twice now. <laughs> that is scheduled now today for 3.07 on TBS. And then we just mix up the numbers. And at 7.03, the Phillies will be in San Diego against the Padres on FS1. <laughs> and the Predators are at home tonight. It's an 8.30 puck drop because they're on Espen. And they take on the Kings of Los Angeles. And they are looking for their first domestic victory of the season <laughs> yes they are because <laughs> they've played the stars twice and they've been outscored nine to two so that's Ooh. not good hopefully things will get better but that's going to do it for today's rundown <laughs> our top story today mo is that number 82 that was my number in high school solid uh Played tight end, some, but uh, Delaney Walker, Titan legend, will retire a Titan today, signing a 10 second contract, basically. <laughs> Seven seasons with the Titans, three time Pro Bowler, four time captain, two time Titans community man of the year. Um, didn't realize he had played 14 years, seven seasons with the 49ers before coming to Nashville. And just felt like he was kind of a building block for what took place over that stretch of time with the Titans. Just solid dude, man. Um, really enjoyed watching him play. And it, it, it just felt like he kind of elevated that offense a little bit and was a little bit of a security blanket for for the quarterbacks that worked in that offense while he was here. Yeah, you know, I think, I think he was kind of, you know, he, he was kind of the guy who was going to be there during your down years, but the guy that you could always count on to to be the fan favorite, the guy who – who when you needed a big play, that was who you were going to go to kind of guy. And Delaney Walker not only embodied that on the field, but off the field. I mean, he was the guy you would go to. Yeah. I mean, you saw him out in the community all the time. Uh, he and Marcus Mariota together were, you know, two of the most accessible Titans that I can ever remember. The Titans have four consecutive losing records from 12 to 15 in 2016. Delaney's second season as a captain and pro bowler, the team finished with the first of what's turned into six consecutive winning seasons. So, again, he was right in the middle of all that. Um, over his first five years with the Titans, had 60-plus catches each year, including 94 for 1,088 yards in 2015, both of which set new Oilers-slash-Titan single-season records. So... Very prolific in that offense. And, you know, the the reliance on the tight end hasn't been quite the same since he's been gone, but the Titans have always liked their tight ends. And it kind of, from Wycheck, 
to him and and coming forward even so yeah i mean he, if he you kind of set the standard felt like you go you go back to the beginning of this franchise in nashville and you know up until last year tight end was always a position of strength and i'm not saying that you know jeff swaim and and those guys weren't you know weren't good ball players but they you know even the tight ends you have this year man we haven't seen great stuff out of austin hooper just yet hopefully we will but when john o smith left it kind of left a void of that tight end position for the first time since this team has been in nashville right the top four receiving yardage totals for a tight end in a season belong to Del Delaney Walker. Not surprising because we had nobody else to throw to back then. <laughs> <laughs> he is the eighth all-time leader in career catches, ninth in career receiving yards, eighth in receiving touchdowns, and has the second longest streak in franchise history of consecutive games with a catch. Hmm. How about he, that? I mean, impactful, clearly. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. 82, thank you. We appreciate it. Enjoy retirement. It'll be fun. That's going to do It's going to do us for segment number one. Let's get to Landon Seacrest right after this. Talk a little association with Seco Sports right after this here on Main Street Sports Today. It's presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton and getting ready for a little professional basketball to tip off here very soon. And in the state of Tennessee, we'll do that in a little over 24 hours, which is exciting. Uh Gotta love that. Not really ready for it, I don't I, think, but nobody asked me. You know, it's funny because uh, Brady McAtamney tweeted yesterday, high school basketball season starts in less than a month, and it's like, man, that snuck up on me. Didn't see that coming. Not ready for that either. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, uh, and and by the way, let me just get this in. High school wrestling also starts in less than a month. Uh, it's so. – it's crazy. Let's, let's not how I mean how quickly that will mm-hmm. creep up on you. But uh, joining us now on Main Street Sports today is Landon Seacrest of Seco Sports at Seco underscore Sports. Here you can follow him on Twitter. Landon, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Excited for hoop season starting tonight, opening night. Something I've always looked forward to, always tune into. So I'm honestly pumped for tonight. So you've you've already got the pizza ordered and and the the chips and you're you're ready to just kind of settle in. You already got your homework done, so you don't have to worry about that tonight. And just ready to settle in and watch some ball. One hundred percent. Oh, that's that's crazy. Uh, I I just for me for whatever reason, NBA this time of year doesn't really resonate. But I can respect those with whom it does. Um. Landon, it's been a little bit of an odd offseason for the NBA, you know, with with the, the stuff in Boston, you know, with the stuff in Golden State here over the last little bit. I mean, it's it's I would imagine everybody's ready to get on the court and just play ball. Right. It's been a lot of extracurricular off the court, I would say. And it's kind of been a distraction as a fan. It's like I just really want to watch basketball and get to the hoops on the court. That's the most important part of the NBA season, in my opinion, all this other stuff is stuff that drives the offseason, but it's really a distraction when it comes down. And you look at the magnitude of the two things that you just mentioned, it really has kind of exploded and gotten bigger than what's on the court, which is the most important thing. How do you feel like those two teams deal with those two explosive situations as you – you know, somewhat characterized. Well, it's going to, it's going to start tonight because they're both playing opening night, but starting with the Celtics, I think it's going to be just a challenge with a new coach. I mean, they were so great last season, obviously going to the finals, but you're going to have somebody else leading the team. Obviously you still have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but there's going to be a new coach and whether or not the players are going to listen to him and accept him the same way as they did Udoka, that's going to be something we see probably starting tonight. And then the Warriors, it's interesting as a fan to see kind of the internal chemistry problems that they have, but yet they're such still a good team. And we're going to see if they're still going to be a good team, despite, you know, one of their best players punching another one of their best players in the face. 
So we'll see kind of how that rolls out as the season goes on. But I think both teams will be fine because they're both good basketball teams. And like I said in the opening statement, that's the most thing, most important thing on the court. Now, Landon, you, you're a former athlete. Uh, obviously not to that level of, of competition, but you're a former athlete. There are disagreements within teams. Things happen. Sometimes things even get to the point of somebody taking a swing or hitting somebody in the face. You know, how do you resolve that within the locker room? Honestly, it's going to take those players that are leaders of those teams to really step up. You look at the Warriors, Steph Curry, although not the vocal leader that everyone sees him as, that would be Draymond. But Steph Curry, it's your team. (laughs) When your vocal leader is one of those involved, then that kind of throws a little bit of a wrench into the situation. Yeah, so I'm looking at Steph Curry, you know, Steve Kerr, they're the leaders of that team, and Draymond, you know, just put it aside and stick to basketball. Let's really focus on what the goal is of making the NBA Finals, NBA Championships, which you literally just did last year. So I think that's how they handle it. And then Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the Celtics side, they're obviously a younger team, so – there might be a little growing pains, but I don't expect them to have a supreme drop off of anything like that. I think they're mature enough to handle it. You know, getting back to Golden State just a second, you know, how does Jordan Poole respond to this? I mean, dude just punched me in the face and I'm supposed to pass him the ball? What? You know, it's true. <laughs> well, I mean, he just got paid, so I think that'll see some. <laughs> But, you know, Jordan Poole being one of the younger players on the Warriors squad, I I don't know how he'll respond in terms of the public light with it being kind of the first thing that he's really in the public light for. But he's a good basketball player. I think, you know, having somebody like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson is going to really help him. And I I think he'll respond good. That's that's my optimism towards that situation. And optimism is what you have to have if you're a yeah. Golden State fan. You just because you just don't know what you're gonna get, so you just hope for the best and prepare for the worst, as they say. There you go. Uh, you know, this Golden State team has every opportunity to continue this dynasty, but there are several teams in the West who could certainly derail it. Memphis being one of those. Uh, who else in the West is a a, a factor? You look at the Los Angeles Clippers, obviously with Kawhi coming back, he's a top five player in the in the league for sure. And then you look at the additions they had, John Wall playing after two years of an absence. We'll see how he looks. So the Clippers are going to be legit, I think. Obviously, Lakers with LeBron and AD. The Warriors are up there. You got some of the younger teams like Luka and the Mavs. You got the Suns. We don't know how they'll be. They've had a again, little offseason stuff, get blown too. In the playoffs again. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I said, those distractions might have an effect on the court with some of those teams that were involved, but they're going to be up there in the mix with the Grizzlies, like you mentioned. What do you see? What are your expectations, Landon, out of Portland? They've got a local kid, Keon Johnson from from Shelvo, played at Webb and played a year for UT, will now be in his second year with the Blazers. What are your expectations out of them this time around? I really think they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team in the West. You look at Dame last year, missed a lot of time. But I think the Blazers are a good team when they play on the court. Dame, unfortunately, missed a lot of time last year. And Keon looked good in summer league, and they have some good young pieces. Anthony Simons is a good 
backcourt piece with McCollum gone. So I think they're going to mesh. There's going to be some growing pains with Keon, like I said, with the younger players. But it's going to be his first time in the fire, really, and I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. And learning from Dame is one of the best opportunities there is. There's no question there. Dame Lillard is, is again, he's a guy. Yeah, no and, doubt. and and he's one of those guys that you can build a program around and build a build a franchise around. So I'm really curious to see how the how, how the West shakes out because you know the East, as it's been for ever, feels like mm-hmm. is just meh. Yeah, it's just <laughs> meh. I mean, it, we're just we talk about the West all day long because it's it's intriguing. You don't know what's gonna happen, even though there are a couple of teams that rise to the top, but the East. It's kind of like 5A football and TWSAA. It's kind of a wild, wild west. See what happens. And what do you expect to happen out of the East, Landon? Out of the East, I really feel the same way. It's significantly weaker than the West. I named about seven or eight teams that are really in the mix in the West. I think it's maybe four to five in the East, 76ers, Bucks. You got the Heat, obviously Brooklyn. And then you can throw in maybe one or two other teams. Atlanta might be in the mix. But I think there's significantly less contenders that will come out of the Eastern Conference. What do you make of Cleveland after trading for um, Donovan Mitchell? You know, Cleveland really did look good last year in the early on. Darius Garland is one of my favorite point guards, obviously with him being a B.A. product and then a Vandy product for a little bit of time. I really like what the Cavs are doing there, and they can really get a big lineup there with Mobley and Jared Allen, and they got K-Love and now Donovan Mitchell. So I think they'll be an exciting team to watch. I don't know how much that will translate into contention right now, but future Cavs are definitely a team to watch. What do you like about Memphis? Memphis. Now we get I, all the other stuff out the way. Let's talk I'm about what yeah, we're talking about. <laughs> big John Morant fan. He's – He's legit. If he's on the court, he's legit. And I think everyone knows that, and that's something that NBA fans and other NBA teams should legitimately be scared of because he's for real. Have we put the Memphis is better without John Morant than they are with him? Have we put – is that concept done, or should we we expect to possibly hear that again if he goes for some period without playing? I think we'll hear that again, but I didn't really find any truth in that. Obviously, we saw the what happened on the court with them playing without him, but you know, your team is better with Jaw on it. That's the honest to God truth. So no matter how Memphis performs without him, John Morant being on the court is gonna be a scary sight to see if he's on the court playing against the Warriors and other contending teams in the West. Just because you're winning doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're a better, better team. Uh, sometimes you can find a way to win, and and maybe you are a better team overall, but that doesn't mean you can beat other really good teams without your best player. And we absolutely saw that in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, John Morant, I, I don't. It, it's it's certainly a talking point, and it's I think a lot of people said it in jest. And then some people. I'm not sure that, all of them said it. Some people this. took that jest and were like, "Well, you know, you might be right," <laughs> <laughs> and, and took it a little bit too far. But yeah, this, John Morant is just—he's he, on fire now. The rest of this team, and this is this is the one part where I thought uh, Memphis lacked last year was veteran 
on-court leadership? Do they have somebody who can provide that in the playoffs? Somebody who's been there, done that? Or I really, I really don't. There, think been so. there, done that? Happened this year? I mean, last year? I mean, I really don't think they have that veteran. But you know, Jaws is entering his fourth year in the league. You know, he got that playoff experience last year. Had that playoff experience before. I think all the players on this team are kind of learning together, and I think that's an important part of what the Grizzlies are doing. They don't really have that old guy, per se, in the locker room, like a Udonis Haslam that's been there. Unfortunately, the Zach Randolphs and the Mike Conleys are all gone. Those would be great pieces to have, you know, to have that veteran presence that's been there before. But the Grizzlies are definitely going to be learning together. They've got the young pieces. they got Ja, a superstar. You know, you got someone like Steven Adams, who's been there on a different team, but, you know, he's not that type of player but he'll be there so i think they've got good pieces together steven adams is kind of that quiet steady anchor type player it feels like and you know over the offseason folks spoke about this this concept that they didn't have that veteran and try to link kd to memphis and i think there was a um, be careful what you wish for type of deal as it related to him coming to Memphis. They dodged that bullet. But like you said, growing up together, there's probably something to be said for that and for them going through these wars and these growing pains together and putting that, you know, putting that together this year. Yeah, I was kind of afraid when – the KD rumors started to float around and trading some of those young pieces like a Desmond Bain, who's really an essential part of the team. And then you look at somebody like Zaire Williams, who had probably been in that trade too. And he's probably going to have a breakout year this year, just because he's one of the younger players and he got that experience last year. And, you know, he's actually pretty good on the basketball court and having someone like Ja that he can grow beside and Desmond Bain and all the other players, Jaron Jackson Jr. I think they're all going to grow together. Like I said before, and, We'll really see it on the court. You know, Desmond Bain kind of emerged last year in front, of our, in front of our eyes, and I think there's going to be more players from the Grizzlies that might emerge in front of the whole NBA fan base's eyes. I certainly hope so because I became I, – I, I've been a John Morant fan even though, you know, he was my team's rival when he was in college. <laughs> it was a pleasure to watch him. You can't not love watching it. And, you know, folks at Belmont know what it's like. Just ask Casey <laughs> – well, not Casey Alexander, but go ask uh, – crap. Rick Bird. Bird? Yeah, Rick yeah. Bird. Yeah. I was like, that's not right. Yeah, yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> it is. Go ask Rick Bird what John Morant's like. I mean, it you, you could not be a fan watching this guy just be a magician on the basketball court. So I became a de facto Memphis fan, <laughs> kind of the way I became a de facto Indianapolis Colts and Denver Broncos fan back in the day. Well, even if he was torching your favorite team, it's kind of fun to watch a guy at the mid-major level like that. Mm -hmm. emerge and and force himself onto the national stage the way he did and then to play like he did against the Marquettes and those type teams in the NCAAs. It, it just kind of made him compelling to follow as he got to the next level. And thank God he's a Memphis Grizzly because otherwise I'm not sure we'd be talking about him on this show. <laughs> because Memphis just wouldn't be who they are. 
I really believe that. And, He's a game changer. He and really I'm, I'm glad that, that we are because I'm now a, you know, kind of a Memphis Grizzlies fan. And, right. and, and I love talking about them on this show and hope that they can take that next step. Do yeah. you think they can take that next step to uh, in the Western Conference? I mean, to that, that elite level of the where Phoenix and, and Golden State have kind of been. Yeah, I think they can take that next step. It's just Jaws got to stay on the court. He's got to be healthy, and the team's got to continue to grow. You know, Jaron Jackson is a young star, too, in my opinion, although not on the level of job. But, you know, they might be a nice little one-two punch if things roll the right way, and I think that'll be a nice little team that the Grizzlies will build, and they'll definitely be in the mix. You know, Golden State's going to be there. The Clippers are going to be there, teams with more veteran presence. But, you know, there's always a young team that wants to get in the mix, and the Grizzlies are kind of beating their head against that wall right now, and they're about to break through it. I like the sound of that. Landon Seacrest, you can find him at Seco underscore sports on Twitter. Um, helping us out with some NBA knowledge here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, Landon's going to have the best seat in his house for – for the Sixers and Celtics tonight, hey. and then the um, Lakers and Warriors tonight. Now, will you be watching Knicks Grizzlies tomorrow night as well? Or yes, yes. Okay. So, I have a question. Have you seen this Clippers Vision thing no. that they've come out with? Okay, so the Los Angeles Clippers have come out with a streaming service that has eight different streaming options, including an AR courtside camera. Wow. Where you can watch it like with your Oculus. And I told mm -hmm. you about this, Mo, a little while ago, that this was the future of uh, of sports. You can pay $17 a month, give or take, and you can watch every Clippers game courtside. Courtside. <laughs> and that's – I mean, is that something that, that you would do, Landon, that, speaking of best seat in your house? Yeah, 100%. That's something I would do. I mean, it's all about that game day experience. And, you know, if I'm a Clippers fan living in Tennessee, you know, I might not be able to go to the game, but I can go to the game if I'm on Clippers vision now that you That's, just explained. So, and they also have baller vision, which is like uh, they've got Paul Pierce, a um, couple of other guys who they call them Clippers legends. I think they're legends who played for the Clippers at some point. <laughs> uh, Baron Davis is on there, I think. And <laughs> Baron Davis, yeah, so, <laughs> so, gun optional, <laughs> gun optional, and so like, but they have four guys on there who are just like reacting to the game, like that. They just watch all eighty-two games. Oh, so they're kind of like Peyton and Eli, kind of huh? like Peyton and Eli, <laughs> just in the just watching the game and reacting to it, and having a good time. So it's actually really cool. I hope that more teams will do this because I think it's really neat. But I, I was just curious if you'd heard about that because I would absolutely buy a you know a season pass for whatever and just to be able to sit courtside for NBA games. That'd be super cool. One hundred percent. <laughs> Landon, we appreciate your time as always. We will talk to you uh, very soon. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of it. So thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, Chris. Oh, not a problem, man. Glad to have you. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get to the college football that we didn't get to yesterday because of the Titans announcement and lots of Tennessee Alabama talks. So well, it's all still it's all relevant. still relevant. So yeah. we'll get right to it right after this on Main Street Sports Tip. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints to Brown.
This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Wall. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Glad to have you with us here on this Top five Tuesday edition, getting into some of the college football that we missed yesterday. But um, I, one of the reasons that we missed it again is that Titan Stadium announcement. And I'm going to ask you one question about this and we can move on. I asked Terry McCormick about it this morning because I've been getting tweets mm-hmm. and was essentially calling a liar this morning. Okay. <laughs> but, off of okay but whatever neither here nor there that and i read that it's kind of been the standard that seventy thousand was the cutoff for hosting a super bowl now in terry mccormick's article on titan insider in main street nashville he quotes burke nihill is saying that 55 to 60 would be what the nfl is looking for in order to host a Super Bowl. Tell me they've 1,000% done their due diligence and had, and made these phone calls before they did this, right? I would certainly like to think so. I would certainly like to – I mean, the NFL – there is an NFL piece to the financial component of this situation. So they've million. certainly – been in discussions with the NFL. So I would like to think that even if on the off chance that the Titans did not do their due diligence on this, I would think that the NFL said, you know, look, with everything that you guys have going on in Nashville, obviously we've had the draft there. Obviously it's one of the top tourism destinations in the country, that kind of thing. Everybody knows that whether they're related to athletics or not. If you're going to build a new stadium and we want to get you all into the Super Bowl rotation with Dallas, with New Orleans, with some of these other places, you've got to be able to seat X. I mean, even if the Titans aren't asking those questions, I would think that the NFL is being proactive and saying, don't forget this. I mean, so. And you you look around. Superdome, 72. Obviously, AT&T is about 85. Uh, Lucas Oil, 70. I mean, I, those are the places that you're looking at for the NFL, for not just for the Super Bowl, but for college football playoffs. Right. That's what you're looking for for the Final Four. Right. I mean, 
are they going to be okay with 57-5 splitting the difference? I mean, you're looking at losing 13,000 tickets. Or the NFL is looking at losing whatever, 13,000 tickets times whatever that is. And then so so for the college football playoffs, so for the Final Four, I I mean, is 55-60 to the right number for Nashville? Yes. But – is it the right number for those national events where people are going to travel from all over the country to get to? That you have to have in order to. Right, because you're not going to sell Final Four to 60,000 Nashvilleans. And this may be the kicker here, mm-hmm. and we can move on after this. 55 to 60 may be what Nashville's infrastructure can hold. We can't have 70,000 out-of-town people here at Moving one time yeah. because our infrastructure can't take that. So are you willing to give us these events? At this number. At this number. And if you are, we can do this. Otherwise, we got to figure out something else. Again, I'd like to think that those conversations have taken place. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would certainly hate to build a 57.5 seat facility and then be told, still too small, sorry. Yeah, that's not enough. That's not enough. You know, we, 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 can't, we can't do that. You know, no Super Bowl, no Could Final have. Four, no college football playoff, none of that. All of the things that you have sold to your constituency in building this, none of that's there. That's a problem. So anyway, <laughs> that was my thought. That, and, and, and someone said that they said, look, 50, I'm reading 70 and I'm like, Nihil said this and I read. What, so so I mean, let me, what was it that you were called a liar about uh, how this would be funded? I think that there, I think there's a lot of hair splitting with regards to the, how this will be funded. There's no hair splitting. It literally takes the you you've got two options, Nashville. You can involuntarily fund this because we're we you're on the hook as it stands right now. As it stands, you're on the hook at right now from the general fund one point mm-hmm. two billion dollars, right. or you can voluntarily if you want to pay. You can go travel somewhere within the state, pay a t- hotel tax, and part of it will go to pay for this stadium. It's voluntary tax, involuntary tax, your choice. Yeah. So anyway. But I I think the hair splitting comes when the mayor gets up and says, this isn't going to affect your family. When the fact of the matter is, it is going to affect your family, just not necessarily directly. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but what what he's saying is, hey, look, and and then when he was asked about it directly by Jason Lamb of WTVF last night or during the press conference, I saw it on last night's news. He's like, well, that's that's the state component. That's between them and the state. Metro's not in it, and well, and so that's kind of that's kind of where the hair splitting comes in. It's like it's not us, but the state, the state. The state yeah. is also their five hundred million bonds mm-hmm. are being paid for out of tourism, right? 
it, so. the tourism department is taking out the bonds. So again, I mean, the, I don't understand. The, the bottom line is, you know, it's, it's somewhat politics as usual. Yeah. I mean, Cooper's trying to paint himself and the city of Nashville in the best possible light. And sure. some people have issues with it, but again, this isn't money that would be going somewhere else Correct. if it weren't going to this. And that's my biggest takeaway from the whole thing, that money isn't being diverted from education. Money isn't being diverted from It's actually been transportation. put back into. These, neither of those needs. Absolute needs. We're going to get met were it not for this. Correct. So. And that's that's, the that's thing, my biggest thing is they're getting extra money because of it because now they don't have to pay those bonds and those and that money can go goes back into the general fund ideally so we'll see now college football sorry <laughs> I, I just I, I like having that conversation because it, you know it just it it's frustrating when you're you know you're trying to tell people what to do. Or, or what's going on, and because you've read into it, you understand how government works. You've covered city governments for, mm -hmm. you know, the last ten years of your life. You understand how. Who it are works. you, and what do you know? Yeah, and, and I'm just literally called a liar by you know Micah one two seven four fourteen twelve thirty two. You know <laughs> that guy. Anyway, so Michigan absolutely demolishes Penn State. Now, as someone called, let, okay, I didn't call demolish, but let, let me <laughs> let me ask this, because going into this game, I didn't think Penn State was that great. I, I, you know, I thought their win over Auburn wasn't, you know, anything special because it everybody's beating Auburn right now. <laughs> but I also didn't think Michigan was all that good either. Now, Michigan might have won me over a little bit. Michigan might be good. They might be. I still don't. Khakis like and all, huh? Khakis and all. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know, but they're certainly better than I expected them to mm -hmm. be. I expected this to be a a slobber knocker and not knockdown drag out between two mid teams, and I think one of them kind of rose to the occasion. One of them wasn't as mid as you thought, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, is this a team that can compete with with Ohio State? Not that we know how good Ohio State is. Either. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Well, <laughs> I was I was involved in that conversation at the barbershop earlier today. We don't we don't know how good Ohio State is. We think they're pretty good. I mean, again, I think it's Georgia, Ohio State, and kind of everybody else at this point. And no one has stepped up to show otherwise. Maybe that is Michigan. I don't know who else in the Big Ten it's going to be. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, if it's not Michigan challenging Ohio State, then we're not going to know how good Ohio State is until we get to the college football playoff. Absolutely. I mean, their best win to, to date is Toledo. <laughs> it's the truth. Mm, I know. I know it is. <laughs> it's I, like, I, I know it and is. And you don't know. And, and going forward, I mean, Penn State now, you go. It's not a great win. It's probably your best win at that point because right. every other win's been so bad. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's Penn State and they just right. got boat raced. So <laughs> I what, don't know, man. Where was that game? At Michigan. Okay. okay. 
which makes a little difference. A little, but not not enough that it should have been what forty one seventeen or something. Yeah, I believe that's what the score was. It was um, quite a quite a beat down. It was two touchdowns, maybe three. Yeah. Hang on, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, forty one seventeen. I mean, Happy Valley wasn't going to make up twenty four points. No, not at all, not at all. So Michigan is at least right now we think for real. Go figure. Uh, the other and and you know you owe Jim Harbaugh an apology. Uh, I do for now, for now. Yeah. <laughs> the other undefeated undefeated team, TCU, Oklahoma State, overtime. It went. It kind of lived up to the hype. You know, as did I think that's the most fun about Alabama, Tennessee, TCU, Oklahoma State, that kind of thing. When you expect a great ball game and you get a great ball game, regardless of who wins, you don't get up at the end of that three, three and a half hours and think, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> like I would have had I gone to Murfreesboro. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think as a college football fan, as a sports fan, I think that's really all you can ask for. Just just make it a good game. Make it an enjoyable experience to watch. Now, I know they could potentially play each other again, but in the event that mm -hmm. Oklahoma State and TCU were to meet for the Big 12 championship and Oklahoma State was to win, then what? They're probably both out. That's what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> I, I think TCU having won the first time around, I think is the Big 12's best chance. Unless it's unless it's Texas. Do you think Tennessee beating Texas may have Ten huh? I mean, Tennessee beating Alabama may have dampened that Texas performance? Oof. That's a good question. Because, again, we talked about Texas being with two losses without Quinn Ewers, but they had to survive against Iowa State. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of is going to depend on what Texas does going forward. We talked about style points. Mm -hmm. They need some. This weekend wasn't it. 20-17 to 17 and held on barely right. by the skin of your teeth. It's not the way you want to do it against, uh, you know, in the Big 12. because you, you Especially you with to... Ewers back. Yeah, you had Quinn Ewers. You had you have no excuses mm -hmm. other than it's it's Iowa State, and they always do something goofy. So. Well, and and Iowa State plays a style of football that kind of uglies things up a little bit. They try to keep things close and win it at the end. So very much so. Uh, that was kind of way down my list, but uh, on top of that, though, Clemson survived Florida State trip to Tallahassee is that is, is that a Clemson, is that a good win though? I don't know that it's a good win but Clemson's kind of the cockroach of college football you just can't kill them well I mean now that LSU has gone into Florida and won right you can't blame them for what happened against Tennessee because Tennessee just proved you they're one of the top three teams in the country right I mean, Florida State's not bad. They're not bad. Which is That's, a little I mean, surprising. They're, they're not bad. And at home, it's still Florida State. Mm -hmm. You're still going to sell out, you know, Dope Campbell. Right. And it's hard to win a road game like that with against a pretty good football team. I, I mean, congrats to Clemson. I think they probably should have won by 
a little more, but you can't dock them really for it. It's still a road game in a it's a road game in the conference in a hostile environment. Yeah. So I mean, they want it. You have to give them credit for it. I think you just have to be careful how much credit you give them for it. USC and Utah. Did you watch any of that? I watched kind of the, the tail the end, end of that, and I didn't realize that they had the, you know, the tribute to the two fallen players from last year. Did you see the helmets? No. Yeah, they had. Um, oh yes, I did. Yeah, they were wild. Yeah, they I, well, they had the players' faces. On. So I was trying to figure it out. I was yeah. like, what in the world is going on with this Utah helmet? Yeah, but that makes sense now. Okay. But yeah, they 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 scored late and then they went for they two. Went for two and got it in at home with time left. Hey, we're gonna win it right here. We're not gonna mess around. And and I and just the timing issue at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> at home. Oh man, how do you here's what got me was how did you put time back on the clock? <laughs> I mean, if anything, I would have taken four seconds off the clock. I wouldn't have put four seconds back on the clock. I think you almost but, are going to have to at some point put an official on or next to the clock because I'm not sure that the officiating crew on the field really has a feel for the timing situation. I mean, we've seen some things screwed up both at the collegiate and at the high school level with clock and time and that kind of thing. And well, I mean, that, an that, official that's, that's got to be better. They have an ECO. It's an official. It's an official who is the ECO, right? But I mean, the ECO, all he's doing is pushing buttons and, and, you know, if there's some kind of malfunction or something like that, if there's a malfunction with the clock that is beyond the ECO, then the officiating crew is doing whatever it is they're doing. Well, the reason the clock stopped is because some or an official on the field signaled for time to stop. Well, I, mean, I, I wasn't speaking about that right. specific right. situation. But I just mean in general. I mean, you're you're seeing some timing situations that are being mishandled that are creating some issues. Uh, no question. Yeah. I mean, uh, the back judge in the Tennessee-Alabama game on the defensive pass interference was signaling incomplete pass when Kool-Aid was running down the sideline. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you just got to be better than that. But mm -hmm. I just yeah, I thought that was interesting that it went from – and Kyle Whittingham was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, are you serious right now? <laughs> and then it ended up not mattering, obviously, but, at UCLA. But he, he, or UCLA. he was not a happy guy. But USC couldn't – that they, they couldn't complete a pass, and, and Utah ends up winning. UCLA now the lone unbeaten in the Pac-12 after almost losing to South Alabama at home. It's got to be But here's hard. the thing. Just about everybody has an almost. Every year. this Well, this year in particular, it seemed like, again, Alabama, Texas. Okay, but it's got to be hard to get up for South Alabama when you know there's going to be about 2,500 people there watching you. It's okay. It, it's probably easier to get up for a game that and get a little more juiced if there's 100,000 people screaming for you. Sure. But if there's 25 of you out there in a 115,000-seat stadium, it feels like, I'm. it's got to be hard to get up for South Alabama in that kind of environment. It's like a scrimmage. You're not wrong. 
So yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to put that on UCLA. You know, I, it, it is an almost, and you know, you can't lose to South Alabama, but they didn't, and right. that's what matters. Yep. So, and and I think I think a lot of times a lot of teams aren't given enough credit for that. Yeah, you know? just not losing. Uh, yeah, I think there's value in that sometimes. Find a way, find a way. Uh, Kentucky, were you surprised that uh, at the at the the margin? The margin? Yeah, I was. I was. Didn't expect that. I think I picked Kentucky to win this game out. I right? believe you did. I believe you did. I believe you were the only one of us that picked Kentucky to win that game, actually. But um, I, I don't know if it's the SEC. I don't know if it's Mississippi State. I don't know if it's Mike Leach. But, I mean, just when you think you've got some of these folks figured out, you, you get smacked in the face. Listen, Will Levis is a difference maker. I'm not saying that he's a top 10 pick in the NFL draft like some people, but he definitely makes a difference for that team mm -hmm. and for that offense. They built they built this team around him. So if he's in the game, they got a, they shot. Got a shot. Yeah. Um, so I saw the uh, – I saw there was a tweet that said uh, you had – you had a will we – and we had a will or something. We had the will that won. I, it was hilarious. Whatever it was, it was, it was really good. Very clever. Anyway. Oh, uh, well, we're up against our, what, what's up? That was hilarious. That, oh. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. We're, we're up against our break and chip is on the, uh, is, is on deck. But, um, before we get out of here, men's and women's basketball, polls were released mm -hmm. and uh south carolina obviously <laughs> surprise, uh, surprise 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 the question was who is the better women's basketball conference sec or acc sec or acc who does the acc have that compares to south carolina who am i missing well uh, Apparently, they've both got nine teams in. Well, you've got North Carolina, Duke, who are both apparently very good. Um, well, I, I hesitate to say anything bad about Duke with VFL Carol Lawson at, at the helm over there. So, um, let, let, let me just kind of yeah. get – because the question did come up, and I, I here it is. Um, and this was five days ago on ESPN, but – I, I don't see – oh, Notre Dame is in the ACC. They don't count. And, and Notre Dame is in the ACC. Are they counting them among the, the, nine ten, the nine ACC teams in the top 25? Uh, this is for women's basketball. They are, they are an ACC member of women's basketball and win, men's basketball, for that matter. Um, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, NC State, Duke. I, I mean – Miami, Georgia Tech. I guess we just need an ACC SEC challenge, kind of like Let's the find out. SEC Big Twelve men's. I yeah, so, draw them I, up. Let's you're right play. though. I don't know. I don't know if there's any ACC team that comes close to either South Carolina. I mean, outside of Notre Dame, I guess they've been pretty good. But didn't realize they've been South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the men's basketball polls topped by North Carolina for the tenth time. First time. Uh, that's the the most among. Uh, 
AP polls. So Tennessee is ranked number three in the country in football, number five in women's basketball, and number 11, 11. in men's basketball. It's a pretty good October. Wait, wait, you said number five? In women. And number 11? In men. Those are good numbers on Rocky Top right now. 11 and 5. And then Hooker, Jalen Hyatt. Ah! ah <laughs> nice. This, nice. It's all working out. You beat, you're beat. ranked number three because you beat Alabama by three. Think, things are very sim, – uh, there's a lot of symmetry up on Rocky lot, Top right now. A lot now. of nu it, numerologists would have a field goal with UT right now, huh? <laughs> a field goal. So a, a field goal. There you go. I mean, it would be – Fantastic. That would be a field day. Field day. I, I knew what you meant. I was just going with it. It, it was fine by me. I, I, I figure anybody who's you know Listening. has a brain probably figured that out. They would have a field go. Oh man. Well, let's <laughs> let's take a, a a quick break right here. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute with Chip Walters joining us live from the sandy beaches, mm. probably mm. of Alabama. We'll find out. Right after this, Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad I couldn't work for almost a year, I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bar Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. <laughs> Oh, welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton coming to you here on this uh, Top 5 Tuesday, Top 5 Walk-Offs. Should be fun and exciting. But before we get to those, got to get to the beach where Chip Walters <laughs> joins us with his, with this his headset. Guy. I like the headset. Yeah, well, I use it every week. Yeah, but I didn't. But not on the beach. On the, yeah, <laughs> that's correct. Well, I just thought that it would be like. I mean, have you got your laptop, or does it go into your phone? Uh, it's uh, it's in my phone. And normally, when I when I connect with you guys, uh, I connect on the phone because really? I've got it right behind my laptop screen, so I can actually look up stuff while we're talking and not have to switch windows. Today he's not looking anything up. That's no, correct. I'm looking not. at that. The only right thing there. I, I got is... you. I. I I, I'm, I'm not even sure I would turn my back to that if I were you, but um, <laughs> where, where exactly are you, Chip? Uh, uh, right, you here at the edge, right here at the edge of the Gulf of Mexico uh, in, uh, in Perdido Key, Florida. Uh, but I can, but I can look, I can look that way mm -hmm. and literally see the floor of Bama. I'm that close to the line. That's okay. what we like. That's awesome. what we like to so, hear. Awesome. Well, how long are you down there, man? Uh, a few more days, most of the week, since we have an open date this Saturday. So, uh, to, well, I tell you this morning, I mean, it like I'm sure it was there, a little chilly this morning. So, uh, instead of uh, coming out and for a full day on, on the beach, it was not necessarily beach weather this morning. So, I made a little road trip up to Bucky's today. 
Yeah, Bucky's well, isn't far. It was the, the first one outside of Texas was was built on the That's right. Well, I will say this. If you're gonna be cold, you might as well be on the beach cold. Uh, and, That's right. And 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 the thing, and I got I came back and it's warmed up a good bit. So uh it's not yesterday was hot and uh but uh, you know, the rest of the week, it's going to be pretty like this all week, and it's just going to get warmer back uh, up to where it's you know around seventy-five, close to eighty before I leave. Well, so, I look forward to that. Well, I hope you're having a good time. I'm glad you're having a good time, and and you and some other folks probably deserve a break after this last stretch of Blue Raider football. Well, you know, it, yeah, and I I appreciate that, but in in you know, it, it's, uh, this has been a streaky year. You start off against a really good James Madison team. Then you come back and you win three in a row, uh, including obviously the Miami game. But then, then you, have, you have that stretch that we've talked about since the summer of the three uh, conference games against the three teams that were picked one, two, three in the league. And, you know, they're good enough as it is. And then, you know, right now during those three games, Middle's been without DJ England Chisholm. Uh, you were down two, uh, both your one and two weak side linebacker were gone Saturday. Uh, but, you know, the defense played a good bit better Saturday. The offense just could not get anything going. And and it's, it, it has seemed like now for a couple of weeks in a row that, that Chase Cunningham has kind of been running for his life a little bit, whether that is – because of offensive line play, or is he bailing out a little early from time to time? And, and Coach Stock talked a little bit about that. But, I mean, we had a dreadful third down efficiency number but on Saturday against Western Kentucky. But it was, it was not due to, to third downs mainly. It's because, you know, they, they had, you know, problems on first and second down getting anything generated. And then once – Western had kind of established itself. You know, they really uh, brought some heat on third downs. You know, when, when we were there and had third and seven, third and eight, that kind of thing, and uh, and and forced Chase into some. You know, just get rid of the ball before, without you know, so he wouldn't take a sack. So it was, you know, Saturday was was not the most fun day because you know it felt like. You know, okay, you, you, you got to halftime, and it was 14-10, and it's like, man, you know, hanging in there, defense playing pretty good, you know, forcing it to be a game between the 20s. And then, you know, I was really concerned about Western's opening drive in the second half, and and Coach Stock talks about it a lot, that the middle eight minutes, the last four of the first half, first four of the second half are, are key, and – and sure enough, they, they were able to take that opening drive of the second half and go down and score. It was about a 75-yard drive, something like that. And, you know, it, it went all of a sudden to 21 to 10, and you still had not generated much offense. And it felt like almost like it was almost 121 to 10. But and, and trying to, you know, find something to dig out of that hole was was tough and and now I think the uh, the open date probably comes at a good time uh, because this team does need some healing up physically and uh, and hopefully get some things straightened out uh, along the offensive line and and uh, be able to now that the schedule does turn a little bit into your favor although your next two games are on the road uh, it's uh, you are at least getting down into uh, 
deeper into where the preseason predictions were. So UTEP, La Tech on the road, home for FAU or home for Charlotte and FAU, and then on the road at FIU at, to, to wind things up in the regular season. And Middle's been pretty good in late October and throughout November in the past. I want to get back, Kip, just a second to one point that you made regarding the Western game from this past weekend. MTSU fell 35-17 and, and on homecoming in that one. But you mentioned third down efficiency. And, you know, not all third downs are created equal. That is correct. Big, big difference in third and nine and third and two. That's correct. And, and that kind of gets back, like you said, to what you're doing on first and second down. And so you getting yourself into manageable third down situations, it's a big key in being able to convert third downs. That's correct. I mean, you hear a lot of the, the coach speak and all of that playing ahead of the chains. I mean, if you get, if you've got a, you know, if you get four or five on first down, boy, that makes your second down, that leaves you a whole lot of options for second down. And if you can get two or three more on second down, that leaves you like what you said, third and two, third and three. And that gives Mitch Stewart all kinds of options of things he can do at that point, where if you're third and nine, you know, depending on the field position, you, you're, you know, the defense either knows you're going to throw it or if you're backed up, chances are you're going to see a draw play just to make sure you're, you're safe for a punt coming up. So it, uh, you know, to be able to play well and, and stay ahead of the chains on first and second down, it, it, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge thing uh, when it comes to third downs. And you probably put it about as good as it can be that all third downs are not indeed uh, created equal. Not ideal when your punter is named the Ray Guy Puncher of the Week, but at least it's a consolation prize. It's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's the back. I mean, it is it's the backhanded compliment That's because he's, right. he, he's right. you know he's been he's been terrific. Uh, uh, at Miami, he he had three games in a row, I think, where he averaged over fifty yards a kick, and uh, but he, you know. Even you know, in, in, yeah, when we're talking about we're in the midst of a three-game losing streak, but in wins, I mean, he's a terrific weapon to have because, you know, he can he has the ability, and and I'm going to talk to him sometime about it. Of just you know, how, what how slight is the difference in your foot angle to where you're trying to kick one that's going to get a lot of hang time as opposed to kicking one that's going to stay under the wind, like more of a, uh, an Aussie type kick or, you know, how, you know, how does he get that, that backspin where he can check it up, you know, at the five or 10 yard line. I mean, he is a very, very talented guy. And, uh, and, you know, he, you know, and, and he is, it, he does deserve all the the uh, the plaudits and and credit he's getting, uh, and and to be in that conversation for the Ray Guy Award, yeah, it it's you know yeah it it happens when you if you punt a lot, but he's been very effective in his punts as well. Well, I mean, you can punt a lot and and not be good. That's it. That's correct. <laughs> that, 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 that's the alternative, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders, joining us here as he does every Tuesday on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And he's joining us even as he's beaching. So I, I kudos to you, Chip. Uh, we appreciate your dedication to our show. Now, what happens with your show tomorrow? It's recorded. 
I haven't been on long enough to have a best of yet, but uh, <laughs> so no, neither but, uh, have we. But actually, and, and and ironically, uh, my 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 show in the morning on WGNS is uh, about travel with a travel agent. So uh, we recorded it last Wednesday and uh, and uh, talking about all kinds of stuff. You know, whether it's uh, we we talked a lot about come Gulf Coast travel, uh, Disney, uh, cruises. And international travel, so that that's at nine in the morning. If it's travel, you probably should have done it live. Now that would have been fun. And see, I need you for that. You, you're an idea guy. That's the that's what I got yeah, right there. I'm an idea guy. Somebody else has got to carry it out, though. Uh, Chip, I've noticed online here over the last few days on Twitter and the like, there there's at least um, one balloting campaign relative to the 50th year of murphy center um fans can go i guess to gogoers.com and vote for the top 15 men's basketball players to have played mtsu basketball players to have played at murphy center since it's um since it's opening 50 years ago and i actually voted on that Yep, I did too, and uh, and it, it's the first of several you're going to see out there. Uh, there will be a, a, a uh, there there will be an an all opponents team. Uh, ah. you, know, you think and you think back Ooh. over, you know, uh, over time, you mm-hmm. know, you had Carolina and Kansas in here. Uh, you had, I mean, you've had, uh, and 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 I'm I'm not sure if it's opponents or or. Uh, you know, Magic Johnson may be on that list as well for having played on that floor. Yeah, it might maybe, just maybe be non non MTSU college players. That that may be it. And then uh, th- then you have a women's team, uh, non MTSU women's team, and the folks at the TWSAA are also helping out. There will be uh, 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 girls and boys. Uh, teams, and I think that I mean there have been so many come through there. It ought to be fifty for fifty. Uh, you know, you you could have you could easily have you know twenty five or thirty guys and in, in the same same number, if not more, women uh, who have played on that floor. I could and come then up with that without breathing hard, man. Yep, yep. And then and then there's probably going to be a a uh, uh, probably going to be a poll on you know favorite you know, top whatever favorite concerts of all time that have ever been there. So I think they're going to have a little fun with it, you know, as the year goes along. And, and as in at, this morning, as a matter of fact, uh, was the uh, was the kickoff or tip off celebration uh, for the 50th anniversary of Murphy Center. And today they actually uh, not dedicated, but had kind of a ribbon cutting or or, uh, oh, you know, tipped off the celebration, but also really informed people about the new glass that is in the, in Murphy center, this, uh, this new fancy glass that, that, uh, detects sunlight and automatically tints kind of like the old sunglasses used to, but this is all done with, you know, electrical current, but it's pretty fabulous. And it's the biggest project like this, uh, on a college campus anywhere in the country. Uh, matter of fact, the other big project nearby that's going to use this technology uh, will be uh, the, the the renovation of Nashville International Airport. So it's going to have this same kind of glass in it, but there's 30,000 feet, 30,000 square feet of glass walls 
around the outside of Murphy Center and over 1,300 panels of glass. Uh, over, uh, no, no, just under 1,100 panels of glass. And uh, so there was a, a lot of uh, walking down memory lane this morning with the uh, celebration they had. And you can find that uh, on uh, the MTSU Facebook page or Twitter, either one. That's that's pretty impressive. And, and I think a few weeks ago, now, Chip, Chip, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you have Harold Smith on from um, I did. a long time special events? Yeah, I'm not sure, sure exactly did. what his title was, but he, he was kind of the driving force behind all of those great concerts that Murphy Center used to hold. Yeah, he was, and uh, he was his title was director of student programming, and and uh, and that if you go to my Facebook page and go back a few weeks, you can find the podcast for that, and it really told a lot of great stories about uh, about shows and people that he had to deal with like Colonel Parker and, and all of that. And, and how like the U2 concert, uh, kind of came out of nowhere. They needed, they had a hole in their schedule and needed a date to play and a place to play. And, and they pulled that off in about two weeks. And, uh, so he, he taught, he, there was a lot of really good stories. Harold was there this morning. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, he's going to, that that'll probably that will probably be a best of that will run again at some point during this year. But uh, you know he's 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 he and a guy named one thing I learned out of this morning celebration is that when Murphy Center was built, it was not built to even hold concerts in. It was uh, and so they had to. Uh, I don't know whether they had to retrofit anything, but they had to come in and do a whole new series of engineering tests to make sure that, you know, that all the sound and, and lights and stuff could be hung from the ceiling and, uh, and all of that. So there were, uh, and Bill Smotherman, who uh, ran the building for a long time, should get a ton of credit for that. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure Harold tells great stories because he's a great storyteller. And I'll tell you what, one other thing Harold can do is Harold has the ability, and I've heard him do this, is uh, the uh, the uh, in the movie Patton where he has the uh, the soliloquy there where he's talking about you put your hand into a you know the belly of a friend you know that kind of that that whole speech that he makes Harold can do that word for word. Oh, goodness. He's something else. I was fortunate <laughs> enough as a student at MTSU to work in special events. And um, that was a prized, and, prized student job right there. Well, and, and prized within the prize was stage crew because. Oh, yeah. If you work stage crew, you got paid cash. Everybody else That's, got checks later on. So you got paid cash the night of and you got whatever beverages the roadies didn't drink. Well, there so, probably wasn't a whole lot left most of the time. Uh, be surprised mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so yeah that was a fun gig that was that was a lot of fun um chip walters the voice of the blue raiders joining us from perdido key florida here on main street sports today go toss a mullet for us <laughs> okay i'll do that please <laughs> make it to, if you make it to the floor of Bama and i i hope you're gonna have some great seafood while you're down there well, I started that last night, as a matter of fact. So uh, it, it it should be a a week long parade of good seafood at, uh, every evening. That's the plan, at least. Awesome, awesome. I'll I'll, I'll text you if uh, if any of my friends are playing at the Florida Bama, and you, you we'll hook you up. 
and I could say I'm with the band. You can absolutely. Would be- <laughs> it would it, it would be it would be kind of like getting free drinks from the roadies, but <laughs> kind of like kind of like. kind of like you probably have to pay for yours, but it's okay. Yeah. There you Enjoy. go. Enjoy, Chip. We appreciate it. Right, thank you, boys. It, All righty. All right. TWSAA volleyball matches in progress right now. Uh, Loretto up on Cell Creek, one nothing with a twenty to twelve win in, get, in game, game two. Game two. Brentwood uh, just one game two, twenty five twenty over West Ridge, and Creekwood is up. What did one. they do in game one? Brentwood. It, they won, so they're up two zero. They okay. just won game two. Sorry, they're two up two zero, and then Creekwood is up one zero, and they are tied with Lexington right now, twenty to twenty in game two. So. Ooh, okay. Nail biter. There you go. Yeah. We'll be right back with the top of five walk-offs in sports history right after this on Main Street Sports. <laughs> presented by Mid-Tennessee Barney Joints. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. This Top 5 Tuesday brought to you by our friends at Mid-South 5 Fitness. Stow is still in the gang. Stillathletes.com. S-T-E-E-L athletes.com and S-T-E-E-L athletes on Instagram and Facebook at Still Athletes. Go visit them at one of their great locations, one in Columbia, one in Franklin. Uh, Dallas will keep you jumping high and pumping iron. And running fast. Running fast. Fast chat. 
Think fast, run fast. That's right. Think fast, run fast, and you'll be good to go. Today's top five is top five walk-offs, obviously brought to you by the most recent walk-off uh, Saturday in Neyland Stadium where Chase McGrath knocked home a field goal to beat Alabama. This so, doesn't have to be – this is any sport as long as it ended the game. Yeah, I mean, it. it you'd think baseball – but it's not necessarily the case, as as witnessed by the what prompted this one. Now, all of mine are baseball. I was about to say me too. And and now, okay, I'm when, a little in, shocked there by one of you. But anyway, <laughs> uh, there's probably something I'm missing, and I'll, I'll let you point it out to me later. It's but, my number two. Oh, okay. That you're missing, and I know you're going to be mad when you hear ah, it. Okay. Um. Well, that said, I'm going to start. How's that? Go for it. Rank. My number five was, like I said, they're all baseball. This one involves the Braves. Unfortunately, it wasn't a Brave. But um, game four of the 2005 NLDS, Astros Braves, 18 innings, former UT second baseman Chris Burke, solo shot at Minute Maid to win it 7-6. In 18 innings. The 18th inning in the DS, they're, they're money. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, they're money. They're money. If they get you to the 18th, you better watch out. Yeah, you're done. So, um, yeah, that's my number five. Right, number five, Justin? Uh, so all mine are actually Barry Bonds as well. Um, <laughs> what? Dang. <laughs> okay. Except for the last one. Um, oh. But I have the uh, I have I have it pulled up. If that's not too much, uh, yeah, go ahead. We only have like four minutes though. <laughs> right, I got you. you Got to be quick. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You can use film room. That way. Yeah. <laughs> that no sound, but this is a knock from the boy. Where, <laughs> so what's the situation oh, here? Goodness. Because there's nobody there. Right, no context <laughs> at all. Um, it's, it's a walk off. Dusty Baker though. Yeah, yeah, this is a, a walk-off against the Phillies. Phillies, yeah. Clearly it wasn't a postseason game because there's nobody, nobody there. there. Yeah, COVID. Nobody. No. <laughs> yeah, that's Literally it. nobody. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, my number five is Devontae Smith. Catching the game winner against, against Georgia, Georgia. Nice championship. That's, that's a great walk-off. Second and 26. Are you kidding me? That's a great walk-off. Right, so you're giving Devontae Smith credit for that one uh, and not Tua, huh? Well, yeah, I guess both of them. Okay. Second and 26 nice. is my, my walk-off. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. My number four, 1993 World Series Game 6, Joe Carter, Joe Carter. Mitch Williams, two-run homer, Blue Jay 7, Philadelphia 6, Jays win the series four games to two. Yeah. I was happy too because anybody to beat the Phillies. Exactly. So, exactly. Number four, Justin? Uh, my number four is so I got the scenario this time. <laughs> uh, it's Barry Bonds hitting a three, one, three run walk off home run off of Trevor Hoffman to give the Giants 7 6 win over the Padres. In, Anytime you can walk off Trevor Hoffman. Yeah, that's, that's. That's what I see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was in 95. Yeah. 95? Uh, Yes. Go, go way back for that. That doesn't happen. It was a good year. Mm -hmm. good year it was 95. a good year, 95. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, y'all go ahead. Keep, keep yeah, you're number four. My number four, Edgar Renteria. Extra innings, game seven, 96 or 97? 97. 97. Yeah. Um, Luis Gonzalez, right? No. He scored. 
Oh, I don't know who scored. Luis Gonzalez had the one in 2000. Oh, no, 98. Again, for, for the, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. no, 97, Edgar Renteria, game winner, game seven extra innings for the uh, for the Marlins, Marlins. that just uh, – you got to feel bad for Cleveland fans. <laughs> you just do. Yeah, it's, it's, anyway. it's been a tough go. Yeah. 1948. Nope. Wow. Sheesh. Okay, my number three. This was not a home run, but with the Mariners trailing the Yankees 5-4 um, in the bottom of the 11th, Joey Cora's on second, Ken Griffey's on first, Edgar Martinez hits one down the left field line for a double, and Griffey comes all the way around. And I was thinking about this. For everything about Ken Griffey Jr.'s game, nobody really talked about his speed. Man, he was wide open. I mean, go back and look he at the video go. there. That was um, – he. as soon as that ball was hit, he knew he was going to try to score anyway. And sure enough, he got in there. Mariners 6-5 in the um, final game of the ALDS in 95. So that's my number three. Nice, nice. Um, so I got another, another Barry Bonds one. We're kind of going down the trip of memory lane, uh, increasing in years as we go. But 97, uh, walk-off home run against the Astros. Uh, the pitcher was Jose Lima in the ninth. Uh, to Lima give a, time. Yeah, to give a win to uh, the Giants over the Astros, 4-3. Your number three? My number three, Alex Walls, June 17th, 2006, at the DeSoto Civic Center in South Haven, Mississippi. <laughs> Top-ranked Memphis Explorers leading 42-40, to 40, and <laughs> the Steel Dogs sucked. And number one Memphis was about to beat us for – the first time ever, Bradley Chavez, UAB alum, with an interception, sets up a 25-yarder at Alex Walls. The UT uh, UT great knocks it home for the 43-42 win. Yeah, so still dogs connection. I don't have the helmet right here. It's over there. Hi, it's over there. But uh, UT connection, it, can't, it didn't get any better for me. <laughs> Number 19, baby. Where is he from? He's – I can't Alex remember Walls. where he's from. Yeah, I, I, name sounds familiar. I'm not sure where it's from. Um, my number two, uh, I was actually sitting at home watching this one, the 1996 College World Series championship game. Warren Morris, who admits most of the year for LSU with a broken hand, hits his first homer of the year into the right field corner. It was a two-out, two-run homer to push LSU past Miami 9-8, mm. first of the year. Nice. It's a good he's one. From Bristol. Hmm? Maybe it's from Bristol. Bristol, Virginia. Okay. Oh, not Tennessee. Not Tennessee. Yeah. All right. So, so there's my number two. Number What's two, your number Justin? two? My number two, I'm going to switch it up just off the top of the head here. We're going to go away from Barry Bonds and uh, hit up Vince Young in 2011 when he went and visited his hometown. Or I don't know if it was, he's from there, but his mm. college town in the Houston Texans. And he walked off a run about 40 yards straight up the middle down the gut to – to win it in his in his college town, everybody went crazy. Even the Texans fans, they didn't want to, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> You're a number two. Also, Titans, Music City Miracle. Ah, 
I said, forget that. I'm solid. I didn't forget <laughs> it. That, that's that's well, I, I didn't think about it. But yeah, that's that was solid. Music City Miracle. Uh, that would have been number one. Uh, um, this guy right here. Oh, KD. Music City Miracle. Oh, well, yeah, he did. Throw, yeah. He threw the pass. He's got something. Definitely no. went backwards, right? No, why Jake threw the pass? I'm yeah, sorry. he caught it. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, he would have been number one had he had he well, yeah. stretched a little bit farther, unfortunately. <laughs> if he had go-go gadget <laughs> arms, he'd have been number one. That's it. My number one, and it was in an otherwise meaningless game, actually. May 20th, 2010, Brooks Conrad. Wrong. Oh, the grand slam. Pinch hit grand slam caps a seven run rally as Atlanta beats Cincinnati 10 to nine. That's a good one. I forgot about that. One. I don't know how. I mean, I just didn't think about it. <laughs> right. I, I, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, my number one. Wait a minute. It's not your oh, turn. That's right. <laughs> so this is a video, but it's only like five seconds. It's just the most disrespectful bat flip I've ever seen. Uh, it's Jose Batista against the Texas Rangers. Oh. Game five in LDS. Y'all probably know what I'm talking about. This bat flip is disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, it just got me. It got me so hyped for baseball. I love it. I don't. Is it more disrespectful than the? It's then here. Then Schwarber. You tell me. <laughs> it got him in a fight the next game. <laughs> I mean, he threw the entire bat. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, I think it was on I second know, base. The, get that out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hoskins is going to have to answer for that next year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm here for it. Yeah. They um, walked, you walked to get to me? Okay. I think he deserved it. I got you. The I Braves deserve that one. Bet. My number one, mm -hmm. we, don't, we, we don't get a chance to have – a World Series championship poster in here if Eddie Rosario on the back of Austin Riley doesn't walk off the Dodgers in the NLDS last year. And so it, it might have just been a single, but it might have been the biggest single in Braves' recent history. No doubt. So that was it, Eddie Rosario. I've got an honorable mention. Sid Brink? No, no. <laughs> this is a pretty good honorable mention. But I, honorable I mention. could not think of the kid's name at first, but Vanderbilt baseball fans are going to appreciate this one. 2003 final regular season series against Tennessee at Hawkins Field. Worst Scott from Hendersonville hit a two-run homer to right off Luke Hoshebar to give the Commodores a 6-5 victory, knocking Tennessee out of the – SEC tournament that year, and I think punching Vanderbilt's ticket to get in. A, a lot of people that follow Vanderbilt baseball kind of feel like that was the start of everything that Vanderbilt baseball has become right there. So that was a pretty big one, and it probably should have been on my list. But like I said, I couldn't think of his name, and it finally came to me. So honorable mention to Worf Scott, 2003 Vanderbilt. Yes. It's a good one. There you go. That is our top five. Top five Tuesday brought to you by Mid-South Five Fitness. Thank you guys for hanging out with us here again. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at MS underscore sports today. You can watch this show. If you missed it, you can uh, download our podcast because eventually I think we're going to be getting our, we'll have our podcast back up starting this week. 
Uh, thanks to Justin, who is working hard to make that happen. So we appreciate that. Download the podcast, Main Street Sports, today, wherever you get your podcast, or you can just watch it on demand on Main Street Media TV, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or on your iOS, Roku, or Fire Stick device. That's going to do it for today. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We will see you tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel, 2 o'clock with more scores, schedules from the rundown. We'll have Heather Williams and did we – And we'll you? have Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian to talk a little to bit more, more Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, you got a score on Loretta Sale Kirk? Uh, off the longest we're running over anyway. I mean, we're already here. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go for it. Um, Brentwood up 21-8 to on West Ridge in game number three, getting ready to sweep that set. Loretto – Took game two, 25-15, and are setting and are currently up 10 to 7 in game three. So they're up two though, two over there. And Creekwood uh, with the squeaker over Lexington, 25-23 are the Red Hawks. Mm-hmm. Know what they are? And they are leading 15 to 3 in game three. So goodness. <laughs> taking taking that momentum from game two and rolling it into game three. So there you have it. Again, you can check those live scores on TWSWSports.com. Tomorrow we will have a little bit more to talk about. Maybe Thursday for sure we'll have some more to talk about with these high school numbers and get our thoughts on where some teams ended up in uh, around the state. So, again, Justin, appreciate you, man. We'll, uh, we'll see you appreciate guys you. tomorrow here on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. For Mo and Justin, I'm Chris Yow. You guys have a great day. 